Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code PROBABLY30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. That's HelloFresh.com, promo code PROBABLY30. Probably science. Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirsch and there's Andy Wood. Hello. Hey Andy. Guess what I got out front. Uh, Did you notice? I noticed your new car. <laughs> yeah. And he got a new car. I'm the proud owner of a uh, street racing, fast and furious style um, tricked out Mazda 3. It doesn't have a roof rack like your old car? No, it's got a fairing and a spoiler and a silly gas cap and tinted windows that are illegal. Mm-hmm. And- spoiler alert! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I went from, yeah, listeners might not know, I had a really shitty car for the entirety of this podcast that I kind of took some pride in. I had this uh, 98 Saturn with 200,000 miles and it ran. So I was like, yeah, it's practical. And then I thought I should get something nicer, but I forgot that like it's not a spectrum of just two ends, not just like nice or shitty. There's also like tricked out and douchey. And I think now I'm, I might be on that end. I have to undo some of the douchiness of that, I think. You could just, you know, put a few political bumper stickers on it <laughs> but actually it, it would be fitting to be like a bernie bro car <laughs> i shouldn't admit this the place i bought it from was called bros auto sales <laughs> that's where i guessed it so you can we i have, was gonna say i have a lot to say about this <laughs> <laughs> the uh the hilarious casey lies joining us today hello hey casey Thank you for being here. hey guys thanks for having me thanks for joining us um uh, super psyched about your new car thank you I um, can't believe you got at a place that is called Bro Automotive. What did you say? Bros Auto. But it was they put it under on Craigslist as though it were for sale by owner. But then when you call, it's like actually sure, small time. Yeah, it's like furniture on Craigslist. Like yeah, you think you're going to get it from some place? Yeah. It's actually from a furniture store. Um, I go Here's to a place. Thing, there's actually also hose automobile, but, <laughs> but, but it's further before, down the street. Right, so you get, you yeah, get yeah, it right before hose. <laughs> um, I uh, I go to a place called Legit Automotive okay. to get uh, work done. So. You know what? You can't judge a uh, automotive place by its kind of douchey name. Yeah, I drove by um, Trill and um, <laughs> an uh, on fleek automotive. I did see a car um, covered in bumper stickers today, all liberal leaning, and so I feel like don't go too heavy handed on no, your no, no. bumper sticker game. All I want is to have it be the opposite of a cop magnet because I think the Saturn ninety eight Saturn nobody sees it. Women, cops, it's just it's invisible. Just put pro Trump stickers on there then. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best I, way. Actually, I did what I lived in San Francisco for a summer, and I had a friend who had a decal from this police activities league fundraiser thing uh-huh. as though you don't donated money to their yep. thing that's like a community I know outreach. people who do that and they believe that that stops them from being pulled over okay, by the cops listen cop. I've heard it listen I don't know if it actually helped me or not but I had the police activities league in my rear window Summer 98 when I was uh, drinking and driving a lot drinking, <laughs> I, I was coming back from a pool party I had not been I, I had a, a uh-huh. beer or two I didn't know where I was though. This is before smartphones, and I realized I was going the wrong direction on a, car, on a on a road that had a long. It's a divided road with a very long median without brakes in it for a long time. So I did a U-turn over a, a wooded median. You were driving. Oh, the wrong direction. I, 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 I was driving I, the right direction, but I realized I had to turn around. Right, so right, right. I, I crossed over 
uh, you know, a very undrivable median. Yeah. And got pulled over right away and got very nice treatment from the police officer who, when I told him what, where I wanted to go, he said, do you want to go this way and then turn and have a good day? It may and have been the decal. Again, I was not drunk. The it point may... is I went over the median. Yeah. Right. And... and it's worth pointing out as well, the police activity leaks has nothing to do with supporting the police. It's just like a reenactment society where you, you and your friends <laughs> get together and you just do police activities. Right. Because, yeah. I thought it was more like police academy like reimaginings <laughs> for stage. But yeah. There would be a lot yeah. of like... It's just, um, just getting blown behind a podium. I was going to say a lot of like tits and wackiness happening. <laughs> Everyone wants to be Zed. <laughs> yeah, that's what the other sticker that he has in his car just says tits and wackiness. Tits and wackiness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a great bummer sticker. I should mention I was also white back then. I was going to say, was, uh, you do have that handsome white face yeah, and that yeah. will probably allow you like some leeway when it comes to uh, bo- uh, uh, um, medians, mm-hmm. you know, but... That's a pretty clear... You drove over a median. There's no way you didn't think that was a median. And, uh, yeah. Am I a sellout for putting a police sticker on my car? No, I think that you're ago? just trying to do what you got to do to fucking not... To be able to have two beers at a pool party and get away yeah, with it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. What are you driving? Uh, a uh, 2003 Toyota Camry, um, uh, which has about 250,000 miles on it. Oh, Recently shit. got it from a family member and I'm not gonna lie it is um as solid as you would hope a Toyota would be I I um I had it checked out the engine was checked out and they're like this could go for another 100,000 miles just change the oil tree to right damn I'm, I'm doing quick math though that's a lot of that's a lot of miles per year that's like 15,000 a year or more I would imagine so look Believe me, I want to get rid of this car real quick. I'm just wondering um, who was driving it. I'm just wondering. Oh, was... like uh, uh, family members um, you know, on the East Coast, but I could imagine they were like going. They were driving. They're they're in upstate New York. They're you know traversing um, a lot of area. Yeah. But they, um, th- uh, the my cousin had driven it out here because he was doing a semester at school, and uh, his mom did not want him to drive it back. And as a result, it just wound up in our hands. It is now yours, which is great. Yeah, we um, still haven't gotten it registered. Is that something that I can talk about? <laughs> like, I'm just driving an illegal car right now. I'm driving an illegal car. Are you parked on the street right now outside the house? No, I'm on a, a fountain. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm fine. And also, um, I do have a, a sticker on it that says, uh, policeman, wacky, wild, tit-loving <laughs> maniac. Can you please not give me a ticket on yeah. it? So I, I also had a roommate once with the Whip Em Out Wednesday bumper sticker. Which Whip Em Out Wednesday? Like and Anthony. Oh, dear. Yeah. It's like every radio station has to have some gimmick. Like, here's the day where if you have our bumper sticker, Whitman will <sighs> flash you. And I'm like, has that ever... Is it worth it's the It's legally cost? binding, man. <laughs> it is. I don't... If you listen to the show and you see the sticker <laughs> and you don't Whip Em Out, you don't get to listen to Wednesday. the show. Yeah. And it's Wednesday. And I, don't, it's Wednesday. I don't know what it was like when you guys were growing up, but I feel like all of the police, I feel like we knew all of the policemen or at least their like younger brothers and they were all just kind of Opie and Anthony, fan, Opie and Anthony fans. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of, I don't want to like generalize too hard, but like, yeah. Policemen are problematic. <laughs> I, I don't want to either because, of course, there's tons of good police officers. But like the only one that I know is this guy I went to high school with, who was a fucking huge bully. Dude, and I hate that. That's the only cop I know. That's how. I mean, that's. I think a lot of our experiences that we know the people who became police officers were all just kind of like the bullies who wanted to get power in a different form relatively too easy in my opinion yeah. too but that's a that's a that's a probably politics podcast well, I, I've always wanted to do a ride along so that I can see it from a different perspective so I don't have these generalizations the, there you know. is weirdly Scott who's the showrunner of the Jim Jeffrey show yeah 
is I can't remember whatever the word is like a part-time volunteer cop. What? That's not a thing. It's a thing. Like it's community police. Like whatever. Commu- what what is it? Does Neighborhood it watch. Like he had the full like the full police training and like what he does one or two shifts a week. Oh. And but he's a fully. Is he a bully? No, he's not really a bully. <laughs> cool. But he has also said if you want to do a ride along. Like, I, I do want to do one. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do one? I'd be interested to. Right. Apparently, Todd Glass does them all the time with him. That's so oh, with that guy. funny. With Scott, yeah. Well, yeah, I've always heard from Todd. He's the one that tells me about doing them. So yeah, because yeah, yeah. Scott, he knows because Scott used to be on Tosh before he was on Jim's show. Oh, oh, and okay. that's how he knows Todd Glass. Okay, interesting. Friend of the show, Todd Glass. Very funny gentleman. Um, but this... yeah, Casey, uh, let's getting this back on topic. Science. What we like to ask our guests this before we get into the stories. What, if anything, is your background in science? Um, I don't have too deep of a background in 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 science, uh, like officially in any sort of form. I'm uh, fascinated by the uh, the unanswered questions of the universe um, mm-hmm. from a scientific and metaphysical uh, uh, okay. framework. Um, I'm gay, so I'm super interested in um, the uh, biology, or how about like like the like genes? I'm interested. I'm just. I, 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 what I'm interested in is that we know less about what makes a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know less about sexuality in a lot of ways than we do about the universe. Like, so that's something that I find very interesting. That's a fair point. I, oh. There are no answered questions to why a person wants what they want sexually. There are no definitive answers yeah, to no that. Yeah, no one yet... No, I mean, people talk about the gay gene, but even right. like, no biologist would actually say that's the case. That, like, no. At the, if, it's, if it is entirely genetic, which it may be, then at the very least, it's a combination of numerous genes. It's a con- I, I, I used to just be completely sure there was a gay gene based on um, a variety of things, and one, I think, was just the desire for a um, rational basis for who we all are, you know? Mm-hmm. But I increasingly am unsure, I, and, and I don't think it's necessarily a... Um, a str- I don't think there's a strict nature versus nurture divide. Um, yeah. I think that there are multiple um, uh, factors that go into what creates um, the sexual beings that we are. And I think I, you know, I've, I've, um, um, I, I just, I, I just am, I'm, I'm in, I'm very intrigued by it because also I think that we have uh, uh, societal things have, have put a big kibosh on what um, we are allowed to want and what we are allowed to desire and how we are allowed to express that. And so that has really complicated how we're, how we understand it too, because people don't, People are not honest about what they want in a lot of ways, and people are not um, expressing what they want at all. You mean um, like in studies and things, you still can't get a realistic. I think it's hard to get a realist. I think it's hard to get a real, realistic. Um, um, you know what? Like a, a, a sample. You yeah. know. Um, I think it's probably getting better. People are being more honest about it. But I just, I still think that um, when it comes down to, you know, like the universe is so vast, but I feel like there's just so much more like documented scientific <laughs> research on that than there is on like what's going on in the science, the sexual brain and the ocean <laughs> and yeah. the deep ocean. But it also, <laughs> when it comes to f- things that are physics and astronomy and cosmology, mm-hmm. there are fundamental laws of physics. Right. And those, 
those are still being discovered and in some cases refined and in some cases overwritten. But there are certain sort of fundamental laws that, like, you, we know about electromagnetism and we know that's a universal... To the best of our knowledge, that's universal right. wherever wherever you are. Like, But do uh, we know why after four beers, a bro hits on me on a bar? <laughs> Wait, do that, we know the basis of that? Is that a real thing? Yeah, of course that's a real thing. Well, I mean, like guys who are definitely not, or I mean who are portraying themselves as totally straight become a little... Yeah, I think I was reading, there was this like, I don't know where I read it, uh, but it was a like a quote-unquote study that I was reading that was saying that the um, more alcohol one consumes, the more likely they are to engage in homosexual acts. And I was like, uh, that's not a sexual study. That's a fucking game we used to play in college, you know? <laughs> it's like... I, I, heard, I heard Andy Dick on podcasts <laughs> talk about that. Andy Dick talks about how like he's bisexual, but when he's on Bender's He's gay, and when he's sober, he's straight. That's so funny and real. I mean, I mean, I, I think it loosens up. I don't. I mean, Andy Dick is so open about who he is that I don't think he's really necessarily hiding anything. But yeah. I do think that there is something about, um, you know, drugs and alcohol that loosen up your or break down the barriers you have to your desires. You know, to your more like to your id or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. and I don't know why that. That's the, that's the kind of stuff that is that is, you know I, there there are like like um um you know uh clear um and there are, there are clear like uh there are clear things to draw to 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 glean from that but I don't think that they're necessarily like based in some sort of scientific fact yeah. um and I just I'm just I'm inter- I mean you know like I have you read a lot of theories about like people that have I, there was a college professor I had who had this theory may it be it's maybe it's been debunked or maybe there's just a thousand of them of how all uh, how, how sexual orientation develops at all the, the, answering the question like not why is someone gay why is someone anything right and he it was called exotic becomes erotic and it was about kind of who your what your huh. cohort is pre-puberty and who you're more comfortable with and then when puberty hits uh, like whatever group you're less comfortable with they're exotic and they become eroticized so maybe like if you oh that's interesting a propensity to like get along more with you as if you as a boy got along more with girls than other boys were sort of exotic and then eroticized. I, I think that I, I that's, that, that's interesting to me anymore? just because like, I feel like you like young gay boys hang out with girls because we have more in common. And as a result of that, we don't, that, that that's because we are more naturally predisposed to being homosexual. You know, I, I like that's that's Which interesting to me. Yeah, the, yeah. Those, any of those theories, it's, I don't I don't yeah. know how you test them and exactly. how you distinguish between them and sort of cargo cult science, where you're just going through the motions of science and then attaching a conclusion to. It seems like you're starting with a conclusion and working back to totally. the theory, which is the opposite way that science yeah. should go. And we're also not allowed to um, really delve into the sexuality of children. And as a result of that, yeah. it's very hard to actually study that. Um, we're seeing more of that when it comes to um, transgendered kids because it is something that actually displays at a much younger age than we ever really expected. Yeah. And as a result of that, mostly mainly because i mean like all research shows that a trans child who is allowed to express their um gender identity as they desire from a much younger age and and if it's um accepted and then also if it's accepted then like they can then they will have a much easier time um uh, right. emotionally and psychologically but- and if you start um um, 
gen, uh, uh, um, hormone therapy at a young age before puberty for a child who is transgender, then they will um, um, a kind of they will like move into the gender of their cho- of their, right. uh, their, their 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 not their choice their uh, their expressed gender and more you e- hope easily. That they really did know themselves as well as you trusted. But the truth, because but, that's once you get cross that line, you're kind of absolutely. But th- I mean, like re- research is like overwhelmingly um, yeah. on the side of 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 like gender is if you listen to your kid even at a young age you will you they're telling you the correct gender that they are um and i think that it definitely you know like sure it's like problematic and nothing is um um defined um completely but it does seem to be i mean it's better doing that than having an intersex child and making a choice what gender they're going to be by like reconstructing their genitals at a much younger age you know like that's much more problematic you said a couple of minutes ago it hadn't occurred to me but of course the thing about it being easier to identify trans kids young than gay kids young because they're when you're talking about something that is fundamentally about sexual attraction then you're bringing kids into the mix that's weird and right. you're like who who knows whether it's just it's a genuine something that will become a sexual attraction to someone of the same or an opposite gender or if it's just like hey i like hanging out with these people but when it comes to actually gender identity and who you are intrinsically who what what gender totally. you feel you are, then there's nothing sexual about that. That's, that's just who you feel you are most. Gender and sexuality have been lumped together when it comes to like um, one community and two like um, uh, research because they're interlinked. You know, they're linked, yeah. um, but they are different. They're completely different things. Yeah, I mean, they really are completely different things, and it is. It is. Um, less um i mean i'll just use this word creepy to talk about a kid's gender than it is to talk about who they want to fuck right <laughs> you know I mean, like to put in brass tacks i mean it is and like i think that i mean i look back on myself and i think that if i had been like psychologically probed at six they probably would have like been able to tell that i was a homosexual boy um just based on knowing myself at that age and know like but um you just don't do that retrospectively you're never gonna do that processing the feelings that you had yeah when just six and then totally 100 percent. going like oh that was something that i didn't know yet was that kind of thing because you hadn't exactly. filtered it through the and I'm, the I'm, filters I'm, of adulthood i'm and, imagining right. those parents would be uh, yeah why would you bring that up until they bring it up to you and, if, and right. if you're worried about it like if you're paranoid and sort of close-minded about it, I bet in your mind, you're like, well, if I even bring it up as a possibility, then they're going to definitely say yes right. or something. Well, and I do think that most parents um, before maybe our generation and maybe even in our generation and it's further generations that are, are uh, the next generation are going to be better, you know, like you still didn't really want a gay child and you didn't want to think about having a gay child. Right, and so right. you didn't really like push in that direction you just and also and, and or, or taken back in a way you didn't even really think about it you just thought you know you have a child you think they're going to be normal yeah <laughs> normal is a problematic word <laughs> um in talking about homosexuality uh, yeah. normal but, in yeah. the strongest possible <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, i mean yeah my, when my cousin came out it changed the minds of a whole bunch of you know members of older generations of my family about an issue that they probably had made up their minds about like oh wait now that it's someone that we know and love right uh, suddenly a lot more tolerant of this. which is uh which is 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 it's great that that does happen um and i think that the goal is to not have it be so um um based on individual experience you right. know but that's how it happened I mean, like harvey milk's whole thing you know the beginning of the gay political movement began with come out because the people who love you 
they're hopefully still going to love you. Right, right. And they won't, you know, we, we can't tell. Like, the best the best tool we have, the best weapon we have right now is ourselves, you know, is to mm. just come out and be open about it. And it was, you know, hard for a lot of people, and, and, and things have gotten a lot better over that time, but it's still, it's the same thing. I mean, there there are, um, there's a long way to go, uh, but it is... Uh, pretty good in America in most parts, especially in Los Angeles, to be a homosexual man. Yeah, seems homosexual. There's, a, there's something that just happened in Britain where, again, this is just ridiculous. A couple, a, a couple pull their kid out of school because another kid in the class wanted to wear a dress. Yeah. And now I think they're and now I think contagious. they're suing the school board oh my for. God. But again, they're like. My child was confused, like, oh, God forbid, your child is confused <laughs> at school. You're, so you're saying your child went to school and was exposed to new ideas? Right. Yeah, yeah right. Like, I demand my child is only exposed at school to things he already knows. Right. I only teach my kids stuff that they previously knew. We're only going to feed him pasta with butter. Yeah. We're, he's only going to read. Cheesy potatoes. And Rand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things that we love in our house. He eats couch stuffing, and we're going to keep it that. It's the, I love yeah. my strange addiction for some He only knows yeah. up to a seven times table, so we are not going to do eight <laughs> yeah. or I lo- nine. I love that they're like clearly dumb, but they are reading Ayn Rand, just to be sure. <laughs> advanced, but shitty. Yeah. Like, my kid is very advanced. He's well, already a big, you, big asshole. We were talking just before we recorded about this thing, this AI mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. which quite a few people sent us, this, this AI that has caused a bit of a stir because it supposedly through machine learning has to an extent being able to identify gay and straight faces so and well do you, do you want to tell more about the story or or well we can we can talk about it a bit yeah but this sure. uh it was a study from Stanford. It found that a computer algorithm could correctly distinguish between gay and straight men 81% of the time and 74% for women um and these are all sort of there are problem. Firstly, they're all sort of white faces within a very narrow age range. Right. That's what I read. That means the study is not. Um, it was a large complete. And from, and from a specific cultural group as well. Oh, so interesting. Thirty-five thousand facial images that men and women posted publicly on a U.S. dating web, U.S. dating website. But yeah, they they claimed, and I think there has been some dispute about how 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 true this is. They claim that the study is picking up on subtle features shaped by hormones that the subjects might have been exposed to in the womb. So there is this idea of gay face. Like we, like, you know, in the community and outside of the community talk about gay face a lot mm-hmm. and we joke about it. And we, But there is a, my, my, what I've always said about gay face is if not every gay person has gay face, but if you have gay face, you're gay, you know? And it's it's, uh, it, it's sufficient but not necessary. Yeah, it generally um, does kind of make sense, and it's hard to describe the gay face. Like it is like I was like I joke about this on my pe- my podcast with my uh, friend who I do it with because I claim that he has a gay face. He gets very upset about it, but like he, he because I'm just like there's like and he a, is gay to be clear. He is gay. He is gay to be clear. He, to, to be clear, and it's like there's just like. There's the features are just a little bit rounder, and they're like this is if you're listening and you're gay, I'm very sorry about this. Like this is a problematic. And there's like a there's like when you smile, there's just like a general scrunch to the eyes, and like it's like there's like there's like the the jaw is square, but not like a hard John Wayne square, like a like it's square, but then like a little rounded at the bottom. It's all like you, you know what I'm talking about if, if it's there, there. It's in this article. Yeah, they and, said that. Um, 
the research found gay men and women tended to have gender atypical features, expressions, and grooming styles, essentially meaning gay men appeared more feminine and vice versa. Okay. The data also identified certain trends, including that gay men had narrower jaws, longer noses, and larger foreheads than straight men, and that gay women had larger jaws and smaller foreheads compared to straight women. Yeah, I've, you know, I, I, it's, 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 it's hard because it's not, um, uh, it, it's hard for a couple of reasons. One, um, I think that the biggest issue that people are having with this is we can't do this type of research because what if this fell into the hands? What if Chechnya, which is a very repressive, oh, 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 okay. Sorry. you know, what if a very, how dare you laugh at that? How, what is that? They're being killed. I'm really just kidding. Uh, but they are like, if, 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 if this yeah, technology if, was being used by a regime that was super homophobic to if, then if identify this, gay people, it could be used problematically. But I, I'm, I'm just more fascinated. I think, I think it goes more to the idea that there are characteristics, physical characteristics of a gay person. That's more in line with the idea that there are hormonal stuff. If if this turns out to be 100% legit and and the algorithm can be improved to the point that it's 99%, that doesn't bother you in any way or anything? Um, It doesn't bother me because there's no stopping technology and how it's used. It's just a matter of of, uh, protecting people enough to not be to not let it be used right. against them in super uh, I mean, it, terrible ways it might be an argument in favor if anybody is still waiting to decide whether they're tolerant of, hom- of homosexuals or not if they're waiting on the data to hear that it's 100 percent nature right and this turned out to be conclusive or at least a fair or at least a certain right. percent nature at least in some people's cases right it's or I guess an irrefutable nurture, fact about who they inherently are. Yeah, I doubt anybody's waiting to hear that to decide. Yeah, that's to be the tolerant. thing. It's just like so is it's someone <laughs> like is some super homophobe being like, "Oh, was the gene the whole time?" No, ah, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, if they I'm can't help sorry. it, then they I guess... can't help it. I guess. I guess. Hey, what's the problem with that? But like, um, I think uh, my you know my issue always with the gay gene has been like it, we you know we're finding out about these things at the same time that we can um, erase genes in the womb, uh, and I do yeah. think that finding the gay gene also provides um, um, parents with an opportunity to remove an undesirable gene. And I think um, we don't want that. I think it's it's very important for... Here's what I will say on that, though. I think that gay finds a way mm-hmm. and i think it's actually <laughs> impo- no i'm just kind of like riffing on but okay. i do think it's like it's like life finds a way gay finds a way because it's um it's it's in my mind it's integral to the uh to just the proper maintenance of the tapestry of a culture. population yeah. yeah and 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 i think uh part of me feels that it might have something to do with population control i think with the, the more there are varying theories and i remember looking this up a while ago about i think it might have been we might have even talked about it on the show a few years back about evolutionary reasons like the gay for, uh, the, the sexy sister theory or the horny sister theory i don't know that i don't theory. know that theory, but that, that it's um, like um, gay men tend to have more ha- tend to have sisters who have more children and have higher sex drives. So maybe like the huh. the the it's 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 so evolution- maybe- evolutionarily advantageous um, that the gay man is not because they're slutty because they're slutty fertile sisters. Honestly, they have to the like theories. bring down so that's like a, so, so funny. It's a side effect of whatever is in his family having this high sex drive in general. That's so it's funny. Worth it this is just based off higher... of like the Irish. But um... let me see if I could just look up. Because <laughs> well, the, the, the thing that makes people pose the question is 
at a very basic understanding of evolution, everything everything that causes genes to survive are things that co- that help their propagation. Right. So why would something that stops right. you wanting That's... to reproduce uh, survive as a gene? And then the argument is, well, it's not just your individual gene, it's your tribe's gene. Right. It's your collective DNA of your subset of your species. And when it comes to that, then there are possible other... F- That's one factor that Andy just mentioned, that By possible side effect. By the way, if it's effect. been debunked, and this is like a thing that hate mongers are using, as a th- I, I take it, mm-hmm. if, if any listeners are mad, I just remember hearing this at well, some point. I'm what, not saying, one of uh, the arguments that I heard I think is, it's problematic if it's called the slutty sister theory. <laughs> yeah. That probably is just a tip-off. <laughs> I think that's how uh, Dawkins described it. <laughs> but consider a slutty sister. Uh, have you considered your slutty? How, uh, uh, take your sister. <laughs> but one of the uh, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of one of the theories is again going back to when you're sort of hunter gatherers and or like caveman or shortly afterwards. Um, it's advantageous to have gay men in the tribe. Because they're not trying to reproduce, they're not trying to pair off with the women, uh, and they are helping. So they're hanging back and helping to rear and protect the children. Of right, the tribe. and build the clubs. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Build the clubs. Teach the kids, uh, teach the kids how to party. The scout <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, you know, and so that that helps. That helps the children survive, and then that helps the tribe propagate their genes as a collective in as a believer in the theory of evolution i do believe that we are here for a reason and i do and when i say gay finds a way it's just there is there is no documented culture regardless of what uh you know the leaders of iran want to say where there is, where there isn't homosexuality mm-hmm. um i think that there you know, it gets it gets problem. It gets I keep using the word problematic. It gets different. It gets it, it becomes a different thing. Also, when we're talking about when we're distinguishing between um, homosexual sex and gay identity, you know, that's a different thing as well. Mm-hmm. But and um, now there's you get people who are uh, pan or like um, uh, hetero romantic. Sure, what? Well, I haven't heard of that. By, what is that? Well, you, you get people who are would describe themselves as, for example, bisexual <laughs> but heteroromantic. So they're sec- they will find themselves sexually attracted to different genders, but primarily they, they don't want to date homosexually. They just want to have homosexual. Yeah, sex they find themselves like women. wanting romantic relationships with just the opposite gender, right. but will play Fuck with anything. people. Yeah, of I, I, you know, I think. I think uh, and a thousand um, other shades of like individual categories and well, and this is less scientific than it is like more societal. But um, um, my uh, one of my heroes in the in the um, uh, world is Gore Vidal, and he his he never he was a man who had sex with men. I didn't know. Actually, I didn't know he was gay <laughs> because he never said it. But he never oh. talked about it. Like he like to to know Gore Vidal, like if to know him well is to know that he's gay, you know. But like um, he was adamant that by by like labeling himself as such, he was allowing society to take away his power. And here's a guy who came from the halls of power. He was the uh, the the grandchild of a senator. He ran within the halls of. American power for decades. You know that's where he came from, and that's where he was a part of. And he, by never, by never being, by like, by never 
um, allowing himself or allowing others to identify him as such, mm-hmm. he uh, may he never he never gave away the privilege that comes along with being a white man, the six sexuality out of a white man, a a wealthy white man in America. And, um, I think that there is something interesting about that because that is the type of thing that goes back to antiquity and goes back to, um, civilizations, from the beginning of civilizations where this kind of stuff was much less defined and it carried no stigma. It just was what it was. And that, this is, th- th- that's more what I'm interested in is like what, what like we, those you things, know, if, I don't know if it's actually true. Like uh, in battle, it was just like, sure. That everybody. was, it was yeah. true. If just like the, this is something I've, I remember reading about and it surprised me. Just the, just even the concept of homosexuality as an idea only existing in recent 1860s really yeah it only like like you there was no term for it there was nothing it wasn't a thing it was not a thing there was there the 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 stigma that existed in the greek and roman times was more if you were like an older man being a uh passive bottom you know essentially like that's like (laughs) that was yeah it is it but but that would that was was kind of power dynamic it was a power dynamic yeah but like you if you were an older man you could fuck all of the younger men let's be real boys that you wanted to and that was just what it was that's just what it was and it wasn't until um you know laws then became repressive um, Christianity helped along with that, but it's not just necessarily Christianity's fault. There's all sorts of stuff on top of that. But it was a German guy, basically in the fucking middle of the 18th of the 1800s, who was like, "Why am I not allowed to be who I want to be?" And th- th- this guy is fascinating to me. Um, and his name is Carl Ulrichs, but he was the first person to ever publicly come out and he did it. He was, was yeah, no, it's really nuts. And I mean, the first modern person to ever really publicly come out and he did it. And it was, and it like, it was this giant paradigm shift that took, you know, centuries to, you know, to continue and we're still fighting over it. But, um, it was a big challenge to the accepted structure because it did like homosexuality, even then, you know, was something that people were just kind of like you could do, but it would then ruin your career. It could ruin your career. I just yeah. didn't want to be talked about. And he was like, I want to marry a man. He's like, I'm in <laughs> love with men. I love men. I love men. I want to be someone who loves men and still be a normal fucking person, you know? And so, um, you know, so we're talking about much more modern times that it, you know, became that it's like this, like homosexual rights movement has been moving along. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes again, back down to a biological basis and all of this stuff, like, you know, you can't help who you want to fuck. Yeah. And um, why that is, we don't know. I did find... You know, we don't know. I did find the, uh, the study, or maybe there are many, um, from the University of Padova in Italy that found that mothers and maternal aunts of gay men tend to have significantly more offspring than the maternal relatives of straight men. That's interesting. Yeah. There's also... A th- uh, there's also... It's about uh, the, the amount... Uh, there's something about the amount of... Um, older siblings that you have like oh. and I, to me I was like that's always just about like chance but like because but there isn't like the the more um, kids you have the more older siblings you have the likely you are to be gay oh something along those lines I don't know that specific study but there's something about that and then there's something like, that would make sense from if you're going back to caveman times of once a tribe reaches a certain number of people you don't almost don't want them reproducing more you can't provide for all resources. of them 
Totally. So then suddenly it does, it would, from an evolutionary point of view, make sense to produce someone who would not pair off with someone and make more kids, and but would care for the tribe and help. I very, very much believe, believe in that. I think that we are an evolutionary response to population. I'm glad that... And lack of fun clubs. That the gay community <laughs> is, is becoming... And crafting. Crafting. Bedazzling? I'm the redazzler. If you have something that someone bedazzled and it was shitty, which it definitely was, <laughs> I'll redo it. Do you, is there an undazzler to go to first, or are you un and re? No. Yeah. N- that's... that's uh, You know what? Good da- question. Good dazzle. question. It's part. more money. It's more money to... to, un- to, to if you need it un- undazzled. Undazzled. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, really funny. I guess we can, we can safely say that uh, the world is becoming a safer place for, for homosexuals. I is mean... That, uh, would you say that maybe even homosexuals are maybe no longer endangered? N- is is, uh, so I, to say, uh, is this a segue into <laughs> another? Okay, okay, because that's. I mean, that's. I. I'm not going to say that that is a fair presumption. Um, <laughs> but we can also to, segue from. I also this. don't want to compare homosexuals to snow leopards. <laughs> But Actually, a that's a pretty that's a pretty <laughs> apt comparison. Yeah. But, uh, good news, good news. The snow leopard is no longer endangered. Hold for applause. Yay! Are they in yeah. Chechnya? It is. Uh, <laughs> um, has Look, the, has what the snow t- leopards do behind closed doors <laughs> is their business. I just don't. I just don't want yeah. to see it. How do I explain yeah. to Mike? Wait, a snow leopard is just a leopard who does a bunch of cocaine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does sound like an yeah. urban dictionary. It is, term, it is very funny because we have snow like, queens in our community, and that's like, just a gay who does a lot of cocaine. It's a, yeah, it's it a, definitely it's sounds a, like a category of like, you, well, you got bears and you got otters right. and cubs, and you got that's so leopards. funny. It's that's actually, 40, I'm going to start calling some of my friends snow leopards. It's an over this forty cokehead. It's a hairy cokehead. Right. Yeah, it's a hairy cokehead who lives in a tree. Uh, and is no longer endangered. As I said, not, but they are still happy. Vulnerable. They're thriving, vulnerable, Thri- vulnerable yeah. but thriving. <laughs> snow leopards I've seen in in the wild of Los Angeles do tend to thrive. They uh, wow. There's yeah. a lot of snow in these parts of the yeah, parts of the woods. Geez. Yeah. Uh, has the chilling threat of extinction worn off at last for the long endangered snow leopard? Not exactly, but the iconic big cat's conservation status has been improved from endangered to vulnerable. The decision was announced by the International Union for Conservation of Nature, the global standard for assessing extinction risk. Experts have warned that the species still faces serious threats from poaching and habitat destruction. The elegant yet elusive creatures, much like Los Angeles mm-hmm. snow leopards, uh, are probably actually, not elusive, are they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. I, yeah, I think. So you're actually trying to get rid of them, <laughs> or like you're trying to like get them out of your house. It's like, all right, come on. Yeah, they, br- the more they, snow, the less elusive yeah. they become. Right, right. Well, do they bring it? Or are they are they mooching off? No, that's, a, a snow that's leopard is no. I think they're. Not, I think uh, they're they're just around when it shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The snow brings they can the smell it out. Um, yeah, they hibernate the rest of the, the year. Snow brings the leopard. That's very funny. Uh, yeah, the elusive yet the elegant yet elusive creatures which live in the mountains of Central Asia were first listed as endangered by the IUCN in 1972. Huh. The status change followed a three-year assessment process by five international experts. Dr. Tom McCarthy, who runs the Snow Leopard program at Big Cat Charity Panthera, which is a great name for a charity. Although it's already like Pantera, the band name is already just Spanish for panther. So like Panthera is that like it's like joking the joke or anyway, Panthera is this group he runs. Um he was one of those who assessed. Uh, he said, to be considered endangered, there must be fewer than 2,500 mature snow leopards, and they must be experiencing a high rate of decline. Both are now considered extremely unlikely, which is the good news. But it does not mean that snow leopards are safe or that now is a time to celebrate. So I'm going to take back the hold for applause Got it. from earlier. Um, 
I have a. Do, do they live in? I'm assuming because they're called snow leopards. They live in um, climates that are um, snowy, cold. You know, like they're they, they're in the. Like, they live in the craggy peaks of Central Asia, including the Himalayas and Russia's remote uh, Altai Mountains. Are they? Um, it's interesting because you know when we think of like climate change, we think of uh, you know we we associate um, a, a mass extinction with uh, our climate, mm-hmm. and to think of like a large mammal that lives in a cold climate, uh, to see it like doing well, is that some sort of oh, co- reflection on? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I mean, I'm not a climate change denier. Um, I don't know. I think I think that the numbers are so low that it's really down to. Just s- not killing them. Not killing them. So, so, so scientists yeah, say they are threatened ten- by poaching for their fur, infrastructure developments, and climate change is one of the things that threatens them. Uh, but their habitat covers more than one one point eight million square kilometers, which is around seven hundred thousand square miles across and, twelve countries. So they're the but they're really spread out. Huh. The numbers aren't huge. Yeah, and there's twenty five hundred for that big of area. And they're no, solitary no, no. creatures as well, so they don't tend to be in packs. They well, hunt at dawn. You know, you do that much snow, and then <laughs> right, the, right. the light comes up. You're like, I don't want to talk. I'm Just, done talking about myself. I'm just yeah. going to be in the corner for a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's got some ideas I need to get down. I've got to write this down real quick. <laughs> oh, snow leopard plans. i got to yeah. follow I gotta through on those plans, <laughs> they? never it's, do. Pretty good ideas, lofty though. goals. Oh, also, their spotted coats change with the season from a thick white oh. fur to keep them warm and camouflaged in the winter to a fine yellow-gray coat in the summer. Hmm. Aw. Yep. They're chameleons. They they change their wardrobe seasonally. Do the Los Angeles snow leopards do this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Um, or at least their sunglasses. But yeah, I said 2,500 was the endangered number, but 10,000 breeding animals is uh, being 10,000 or under, but above 2,500 is puts you in the vulnerable area. So it's still a pretty small number. It's just nuts to me that like this world is sustaining large mammals of any sort with how like rough we are to this earth. Yeah, yeah. It seems like um I 10,000 is also just a tiny number. Like you picture I mean, how much does what do you think is the Greek theater? Oh, Hollywood Bowl is probably 10,000, right? 10,000 people. Yeah, so probably. Uh, so yeah, picture yeah. Hollywood Bowl. Picture all that leopards. full of snow leopards. Yeah. Uh, that's a, so that's it's like a Depeche Mode concert. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's or it's Kraftwerk. It's a Kraftwerk <laughs> concert. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. <laughs> they skew a little they're a little older, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're a little older. They're very sophisticated. Right. They've been around. They've loved Kraftwerk since computer love. Um, but Is that the first album? Oh, well, actually it was probably more since the model. Um, but uh they uh yeah, that I mean it's like Can Kraftwerk fill the Hollywood Bowl. I think they did recently. Kraftwerk is one of those bands that I think has like like it's 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 more than niche, you know. Like they're because they're like they like are the inventors of electronic music. So like you have all like the old Kraftwerk heads, you know, and then all these like cool people who think they know music super well, so they like want to know the. It's like basically seeing I don't know who invent. It's like going to see. uh, run DMC or something like that. Just you know, like of their genres. Yeah, so even if it's not the best example of the genre. Right. Now, I can't imagine Run DMC's putting on the greatest fucking. Yeah. Although I did see some video of a of a Kraftwerk concert and it looked pretty dope. I saw them yeah. at a festival about ten years ago. Oh, Were they really? dope? And they do put on a very good show. Yeah. Because the, the music sounded pretty stripped down early, right? It, I think they probably zhuzh it up yeah, for live. You know, because it has to be. It can't just be like. Pink, 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 pink. We are the models. Dun, 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 dun. Oh no, we are the robots. Dun, 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 dun. That's the. That's what it is. That's what it is. Is that uh, a Devo song? Also, no. It's a well. I mean, well, Devo got a lot from Kraftwerk. Oh, okay. I don't want to. 
This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by HelloFresh. As listeners may or may not know, I am not much of a cook, and if a meal doesn't involve uh, eggs, cereal, or cold cuts, and I'm eating it, it was probably not made in my apartment. But I got this box from HelloFresh with three meals, and I've made two of those three already, the Melty Monterey Jack Burgers and Chicken Under a Zucchini Blanket. Both were very simple, prep time about 30 minutes. Again, if I could do it, anybody can, and both were delicious. I highly recommend visiting HelloFresh.com using the promo code probably 30 can save $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. Every week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks who are short on time. They source the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities you need so there's no food to waste. They employ two full-time registered dietitians on staff who review each recipe to ensure it's nutritionally balanced. Um, The thing I like most about it, it averages out to less than 10 bucks a meal. So really, you can't beat this. If you think about going out to a restaurant and having a meal this good, you're going to spend a lot more than that and you're going to have a lot more hassle. So... You get the fun of realizing, oh my God, I can cook, and then you get a great meal at a great price with great ingredients. So again, visit HelloFresh.com. Use the offer code PROBABLY30 for $30 off your first week of deliveries. Again, HelloFresh.com, promo code PROBABLY30. Get cooking. It's delicious. It's easy. You can't beat it. You know You know what else is, is fairly robotic? What's that? Um, the Cassini probe. Oh, yeah? The Cassini probe, which is... which. I think by the time this podcast comes out, maybe give or take Kaput. a few hours, will be about to crack. It's about to be ditched in the atmosphere of Saturn, oh. bringing to an end thirteen amazing years of discovery at the Ring Planet. I'll never forget those thirteen years we had together. Uh, the team hopes to receive a signal for as long as possible while the satellite plummets into the giant world, but the radio will likely go dead about six seconds after um, four fifty-five local time here in Mission Control in California. Uh, that's 4.55 a.m. So Okay, we got... By the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be just a few hours until it's dead. Sorry. Yeah, or it might even just be about it. Either way, you've probably missed your chance to say goodbye to Cassini. If So, apologies. But um, so the time of, that's the time that the antennas on Earth will lose the contact, contact. Because of the finite speed of light and the 1.4 billion kilometers distance to Saturn, Jeez. the event in space will have actually occurred... 83 minutes earlier. Uh, the spacecraft's final signal will be like an echo. It will radiate across the solar system for nearly an hour and a half after Cassini itself has gone, says NASA project manager Earl Mays. Even though we know that at Saturn, Cassini has already met its fate, its mission isn't truly over for us on Earth as long as we're still receiving its signal. Which um, just means 83 minutes more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't mean like actually echoing, like reflecting. No. Yeah. yeah. Although I'm oh, sure there God. will still be the the science project that it's involved in because even like the the analysis of the, the analysis of the particularly the last minute because that's something they do basically as these probes as these probes approach their final moments they're like okay we're running out of we're we're ru- we're running out of power on board we're, this thing's the technology's failing or whatever whatever causes it to be about to die normally it's running out of fuel or whatever yeah um they go well what we should do is rather than try and get another extra couple of weeks of orbit, we will crash it into the atmosphere, like crash it into the surface of the planet and take as many... To learn. Which is what I thought. readings and measurements and images. That's why yeah. I asked Deepak about crashing into the sun, because I thought that the Parker solar probe was going to do that too, but he said maybe it isn't. But uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, uh, do you guys ever look up, so, I hate that I've gone down this this rabbit hole on the internet, but um, like decapitation science? <laughs> like, no. Uh, back in the guillotine happy days in France, I think there were some people who were like, well, as long as we're cutting some heads off, we should see like if we can get some experimenting done and like right. do things to the heads right after they're cut off and see how long until they stop being Never responsive. waste a good revolution. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, as you would think, like the blood isn't instantly gone from your brain so like you there is there are a few moments after decapitation when there you could still get a response out of you know the, the faces would, would respond to pain you know when they would wince if you yeah and then i heard some story is this super awful to is this no too i'm, morbid I'm to, please no there well, there's also there's that whole era of scientific findings that were able to be taken yeah, before yeah, the concept of, of scientific ethics <laughs> right <laughs> I am also imagining Cassini's last, uh, the last thing you're going to hear is like, fuck you, NASA, I want to live, I want to live, you know, so, yeah, like, it's the same thing, yeah, but but wait, so, so, you brought that up because, like, it's like, as as long as we're going to kill this thing, let's get some data, right, in its dying moments, to see what the death of this thing, right, I guess it's less about that, it's a robot, it's not about the death of this probe, it's more about, like, getting some more data close to the planet, exactly, it's being heroic until the end, you know, it's doing great, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know anything about this science at all, but I am, I've been following this story, and I'm just absolutely fascinated by what is capable, because the scientists I've heard talk about this, they're just talking about just like the 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 readings that they're going to get and it's still astounding to me that this thing is like as it's plummeting through like alien atmosphere it is recording things and able yes, to transmit it, it them can't back take pictures, to apparently it's taking its final photos right now as it's doing its last couple of last uh-huh. bit of orbiting but um it will be measuring uh looking in the near infrared and the ultraviolet uh and yeah, all pictures must be downlinked and the cameras switched off before the death plunge can begin. The data rates flowing back from Saturn will not support imaging on the way down. Oh, I guess because there's only so much bit rate that they can manage. Because of the atmosphere? Or, well, no, I think it's just there's, there's, you've, got a, you've only got a very short amount of time to send this data. Oh, so oh usually you, they would take the picture then send it slowly. Right. Yeah, if you're yeah. trying to send a whole load of photos, it would clog it up In and it, time, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be able to be send able to. it. So they just... Instead, it'll run only those instruments that can sense the planet's near-space environment, such as its magnetic field, or that can sample the chemical composition of its gases. Uh, but some getting this better measurement. Um, also, I found out recently, thanks to a friend of the show, Neil deGrasse Tyson, that Saturn is less dense than water. So Saturn is the only planet that would float in the bath. I could have sworn that... I thought Jupiter was just a giant gaseous. Don't there's there's a there's a there's a there's a rock core of all of these things, right? Like there is. Actually, um, I'm googling what's Jupiter made of. Like a fucking idiot, not like a podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> what's Jupiter made of? Well, the moon is made of cheese. Apparently, Jupiter. according to according to Caltech. Saturn is very large and is the second dense, second largest planet in the solar system. However, it is made mostly of gas and is less dense than water. Since it's lighter than water, it can float on water. None of the other planets in our solar system can do this because they have a high density. I also love that where it's just like, cool. Like, that's never going to happen. But thank you for the um, research that goes into that. You know, I guess it's not research, but it's just like, it's super, but it's like, what's the body of water in which it's this giant floating gaseous orb floating through through space, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I don't care if I can float my bathtub. Um, Also, wait, Jupiter is mainly hydrogen and helium, just like a star. It just doesn't have enough mass to ignite fusion and become a star. 
so why wouldn't that make it? I mean, I guess you could still have super dense compacted hydrogen and helium that's denser than water but it doesn't seem to be what happened what is the like like what is cassini made of in which like why does it burn up because it's the speed oh. it's an atmosphere it's, it's like it's like rushing through an atmosphere and so it's just going to burn up and disintegrate like I, a I yeah or i think it might just be crashing it. It i think so jupiter i so think it's just the gravity of jupiter that makes it more dense so it's not quite dense enough to ignite like a star it's not quite dense enough to fuse but it but the, so what state of matter is, is so hydro- densely compacted? Can hydrogen and helium exist in gaseous form and be denser than water? Am I asking dumb questions on my own podcast? No, I don't no, think that, it's a dumb those, question. Um, but- yeah, that, uh, that doesn't seem to track. Yeah, I always wondered if there, if, if even with these gaseous planets, if you do hit a point where it's like, now it's solid from here on right? down, it would feel like a, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm sure it's very easy to Google and we like, won't hold you guys up and do that. You can do it yourselves, listeners. <laughs> Because like, what is at the core? I mean, I guess, maybe no one does. Is it? Is this a stupid question? Does no one know the answer to that? Like, is that like an unanswered question about I, planets? Well, I don't think we've sent anything that has got has crashed into Jupiter and returned data about it. But I think we have. I'm guessing science has good theories. I feel very like this is a very probably part of our episode right now, and we should know these things. Are you I mean, it's Matt? definitely science. It's definitely science, but do we know what the science is? Uh, there's an article in Wired that's saying that no Saturn wouldn't float in water, and uh, I'm looking through this now oh to dear. see. See, I think more socially than I do scientifically, and like my thought process and all of this is just like, remember the days when like an image of space, well, maybe we don't remember them because it was before this, but like an image of space would just like be this collective moment of like like humanity where maybe we should put our problems aside and we should think about all of us as one because there is clearly, clearly things that are bigger than us out there. That's what you'd hope of all of but all we're just Yeah, we're just be well beyond that Yeah, I think part everyone thought completely. that might be yeah. what like, Apollo 11 might have done and right. it didn't do shit. No, Maybe no. They probably gave those guys perspective. But like, Now fucking, you know, like some people are like, good, Cassini's crashing into fucking Saturn, fucking American-made motherfucking satellites. <laughs> By the way, uh, universetoday.com, if that can be trusted, um, says spectral analysis of Jupiter has revealed that in addition to hydrogen and helium, the planet is made of water, methane, and ammonia. Those elements are in trace amounts. The core of the planet is thought to contain some rock and metallic hydrogen. Scientists estimate that the core is heated to 36,000 degrees Kelvin. Mm -hmm. Uh, The planet is not just a ball of gas that you'd be able to drop straight through. In addition to the rocky, molten, metallic hydrogen core, there's a layer of liquid hydrogen and helium which makes more sense, in areas where the hydrogen is in a supercritical state, meaning that it does not have distinct gas and liquid phases. Hmm. Answered. Answered. Now I can go back and edit out all my hemming and hawing. Leave it in. Sure. I'm not going <laughs> to bother editing that out. That's too much work. Uh, speaking of space, um, I wanted to uh, just take a minute to remember a really amazing person, a friend of mine I used to work with. Who he has some shitty news? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Sam Blackman just passed away. He was um, he was my co- co-worker back at Pixelworks, the last tech job I had, and then he went on to start a company called Elemental in um, in Portland that grew to this big. Like they were employing four hundred people. I didn't realize how great he'd done. And I was flipping through videos on Amazon um, uh, 
a couple weeks ago and I saw this thing. It said first live 4K from space. So I obviously I clicked on it and like it was fucking Sam. Sam Blackman was the guy at the podium interviewing the astronauts for the first time. Via he was like live. heading up the keynote. Yeah, his company had built the technology that enabled that, which is just like amazing. I'm so proud of him and it's so I'm... Yeah, uh, send out my condolences to his family and friends. He was a really incredible guy and like such a great, like he was a such a champion of Portland. Like the first week I was at Portland, I didn't know anybody. I just moved there for this job and he had a party that weekend and there was a Portland flag flying over his house. I didn't even know cities had flags. <laughs> like, have you ever seen, is there a Los Angeles flag? No, I, I presume there must, must be. But, be yeah. yeah. But he was super active in the community. We'd always have these meet and greets with local politicians, so you could actually ask questions directly to like your representative and stuff like that. And, and you were telling me about some of his engineering when he when he used to work together. Oh yeah, he used to like he had amazing house parties. He got Paps to sponsor a house party one time. I don't know how they, we got free beer. It's like well yeah, that's what you buy it for is for parties. Why would they give it to you? Um, but he would also design these things. He had it was a monitor and, and projector company. He had this stripped down monitor on the wall that had a keyboard, and you could like request songs that would get queued up. And this is two thousand one or two before iTunes or Spotify had that kind of capability. And it even had some like algorithm in it to keep shitty songs from like it, it would only get put in the queue if it was like of a certain. Um, he was just hilarious. He was just a great engineer. He was the nicest guy. He was always smiling. He was so helpful, and he just wanted to build stuff that was he didn't want to build tech for tech's sake like he wanted you know like this live for 4k from space is an actual like first for humanity that's helping people yeah learn and, more about the Andy just showed me the video and we'll link to it in the show notes but it's um it's remarkable yeah because yeah, <laughs> it really is like incredible they they blow a water bubble that floats in in just floats in the air as it things do in in orbit then they inject some food dye into the bubble, but you see... You can see it. With such clarity, the swirling yeah, of the food dye around that. And this is not just a video that was taken and then sent to Earth. This is live... live high def, and it had this like depth of field to it. Yeah, it, it, it's really incredible. And I didn't realize how big that company had become and how huge an impact he... I mean, it's it's just really tragic because he was such a force in, in that entire community. Like a thousand people came out to this memorial service on Sunday... Uh, um, so yeah, I'm Adrian and his children. I'm so sorry. He was a great, great guy, and uh, we could all do uh, better by emulating his niceness and his drive and his uh, his curiosity, curiosity, yeah. his love of the community. Yeah, he's a great his person. Legacy is real though, too, which is is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't mean to be a downer. Um, I thought, I got. No, that I think news. that's a nice thing to do. I'm glad. Yeah, this is a science really... podcast, and this is someone who made a big scientific would, impact in I mean, your life. Also, when I saw that video, I was like, and on oh every, my God. many people's lives. Yeah, when I saw that video, I was like, oh, we got to get him on the show, and I was so excited about that because he would have been such a fun guest to have because he he's just so excited about what you can see in the video. He's so excited about what he's doing. Like you can hear his gasps when you see them float this water bubble and put the like the same kind of shit that I would be doing if I was watching. Like whoa. Yeah, this isn't some like sort of tech crunch look yeah. at this cool shit we made this is I'm like oh my god look what we made yeah yeah so um he was a great guy um and I, we were just saying I, I got that news um at Burning Man because now there are cell phone signals there which is sort of a mixed blessing and Casey you were saying you've been there a bunch of times yeah oh I have I just it, it's I haven't been in years can you are people like on their cell phones out no, and about luckily it's it always shows up as having some bars, but you can't do much with it. I think it's, like it's probably crowding the one tower there my, is. My right. understanding is, from speaking, to, I was talking to someone just the other day who was there and needed for various reasons to be texting and making some calls. Yeah. Um, I think it's like 
certain points you could get better signals than others and you had a much better chance of it connecting in weird hours. 3 a.m., you had a good chance of a text or a phone call going through. Um, three in the afternoon, very little chance. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I think really any time of day, if you waited long enough, you could get a text. You just couldn't like, you couldn't upload a video or something or you just, yeah, anything. Fucking wait, some... man. Be in the moment. <laughs> time is now. No, that's what I think. It was a great, it was a great um, media. It was a great in-between because like it, it meant that you wouldn't be on your phone idly because you can't do anything useful. Yeah. And nor sh- I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speak to any sort of like ethos that should be and everything changes in all of the ways. Yeah. But I do think that like, you know, I think, um, just like technology changes everything, I mean, uh, y- y- the 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 use of any sort of like instant media out there kind of like changes the idea that mm-hmm. you're living in the moment yeah, there, yeah, and that's completely. problem. There's definitely. Right. Yeah. I, I wish I I've only been the once, and I wish I had gone before Instagram existed. Yeah, because there definitely was a period of time when there were very few even photos of the events. So you're arriving, you're seeing everything for the first time. Right. Now, when oh, I went, okay. I very much knew the kind of thing to expect. Right. And you can still, like, I mean, I feel like I went a couple of years before um, that. Remember that video that was, like, oh, the places you can go? Like, there was, like, a there was like a, vi- a YouTube, like, video. So dancing all over the planet. Yeah. And it just, like, it was, it was basically, like, a Dr. Seuss poem. And that, like, blew it up in such a way. And it was blowing up completely. And, and I'm not saying, I mean, I mean, like. I think it was, I, like, the year after that was the first time that tickets completely sold out. And you. It, sure. That it became a, oh. a seller sure. rather than a buyer's market, and it is you know it's I, I mean I get everyone everyone should go everyone everyone like it it is it is still kind of like is this singular experience that can only happen in this place in this time, um, but uh, um, just like anything else like you, we're just never we're not a culture anymore that can just kind of like accept something for what it is when it is why it is and where it is you know you just have to like you have to take it with you no matter what mm-hmm. and that that is is great i mean that is, that is just what it is but um it is it's what is cool about it is that you still really can't get it until you're there like you can't yeah. really get the full I, scope i definitely of the also did enjoy it. like i made a conscious choice even though i thought i possibly could get text through I'm, I'm. I know we all are, but I'm definitely worse than average at oh, yeah. being a person it's, attached to my phone. Uh-huh. And so I very much made a conscious decision that the second the phone signal started to drop, as I, I was as we were driving from Gerlach sure. into the into the city, self-imposed. That was the point at which I like I put my phone in a Ziploc bag so it was protected from dust. Turned it off. Yeah, and left it there until we drove out. Just let everyone know that you're gone, and then you got. I mean, like, there's one thing about pictures, you know, and all that. But uh, I never take pictures out there. I'm not a big like picture Insta guy in general, and so it is like easy to. No, and I never was. And a bit of me now does like it when people who were in my life when I was younger show up with photos of, hey, this is the youth club when we were 16. (laughs) That is nice. But I was never. I was never. I need to capture this. Yeah, I was never like a Polaroid guy early on. Yeah, I was addicted to my first digital camera that I got in 2003. And actually, I have a ton of pictures of Sam because I was working with him at the time, and I would just. Yeah, before smartphones. This is where your sideburns came. This is your sideburn era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's an assortment of. (laughs) You tried out a variety of facial styles. Some goatees, some sideburns. Why not? When I moved to Portland in 2001, I had shoulder length hair, as did Sam, actually. It was not a good look. Um, But yeah, I I was super gung ho about that. And it didn't feel as weird because it wasn't that common to have a digital camera at all. Right. I I wasn't one of of tons of people doing it. So, like, after a weekend, people would be like, oh, yeah, email me some. I want to see some of those. Like, they would be excited to see 
But now, and you could get that sort of early software that puts it up in a photo montage oh, and yeah. you look like you're just a king of technology. Yeah, there was a, a site called pbase.com that was like sort of catered to real professional digital photographers, but you could just buy some storage space and host it and it looked cleaner and nicer than, than like Flickr or but alternatives at the time. It is, it's like, it's like when you see all these phones or you're seeing them at like festivals and all this stuff and you see them like uh, when something cool happens and there's like on stage and all these cameras come out and you see it and just like all these dumb people on drugs are not taking any good footage of anything. And so one, you're like missing the reality of what is happening. And two, like you're trying to capture something for someone else at a different time or for you for posterity. And it, um, and it just never fucking worked. Like it never, like no, there have been like for the thousands, thousands, yes, you're just like thousands and thousands (laughs) and thousands and thousands of fucking videos or pictures that I've taken of something that I wanted to like remember. I've usually looked at it like the day after and been like, I'm still I guilty. Like, I still do it. I still took pictures at Burning Man, not with the intention of posting them anywhere, but just yeah. I want to have them. Did you take yeah. with your phone? Did you take your phone out and about? Yeah, my phone's shitty though, so I want it to die now. I'm, yeah. I'm getting a new one as soon as those new ones are out. Yeah. So this is three years old and it's a fucking piece of new shit. New phone, new Mazda, right? A yep. fucking party. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, Andy's partly able to buy that new phone <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah. to your generous donations that help keep this podcast running. People who've gone to the Squarespace powered probablyscience.com, clicked on the donate button and set up uh, recurring donations or one-off donations. We have some recurring donations that have come in from uh, James Cox. Thank you very much, James. Kate Birch, Peter Long, David Wirths, Destruction Lane, uh, Leanne Mazia, and Peter Lipschi. Thank uh, so you so much. Thank you, all of you. Uh, those of you who aren't able to support the podcast financially, you can also support us by spreading the word, saying nice things about us on iTunes, giving us nice ratings, tweeting, and Facebooking. That really helps us. Mm-hmm. And uh, subscribing if you're not already subscribed, because that helps bump us in the iTunes charts. And of course, don't forget to visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code PROBABLY30 for $30 off your first week of deliveries. As I said before, it's super delicious, super easy to make. You will be glad you did it. HelloFresh.com, promo code PROBABLY30. Um, we should be wrapping it up, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Casey. Where can our listeners find out more about you and everything you do? Uh, you can please follow me on Twitter at KCWLEY um, and uh, on Instagram, which is my new favorite social. Not my new favorite, but my favorite social After media. After saying you think pictures uh, are useless. Well, no, it's more because of like stupid little videos you can post right, okay. and or like like transferring like stupid Snapchats to Insta. Like are I just you, like it. Have you given up on Snapchat just using Instagram stories? Yeah, I basically just, well, actually I'll like create things so that I find it easier to create things uh, pictures that I want to on Snapchat, and then I'll save them and I'll put them, post them to yeah, Instagram, okay. just because I like the like um, the editing mainframe on Snapchat more more yeah. so than I like it on. I wonder uh, if they know. I wonder if that's a big use case for them, and if they're mad about it. <laughs> I literally never post anything on Snapchat, so I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just find. I just yeah. found it easier that way. Yeah, it seems um, like Instagram is beating them at their own game with the stories. It's just fun though. So like, I really like like you know we can all fucking come up with like a, a tweet. You know, I mean we spend so much time but there's something there's something more fun and also stupid about like creating snapchat art and then like posting that so i really like that it's, so it's sort of like the the um mandala ish aspect of burning man in that it's wiped away after 24 hours it's just is gone that the word is that the right word i don't know if that's the right the word sand things is that what they're called i don't know that people i know what you're talking about them? but i don't know what the correct right. um it's nomenclature a, is for it's it it's fleeting 
it's ephemeral. Hey, man, this whole world. Uh, but You're also, uh, <laughs> you can find me on my, my podcast. is my favorite thing that I do. I mean, you can see me do stand-up, which I also love doing. I'm doing Again, it all the over. podcast is called... It's called The Gay Power Half Hour. I don't think we'd mentioned the podcast I, I name yet. I didn't think we did either. Yeah, yeah so Gay Power Half Hour. It's on... Uh, you can find it on SoundCloud and iTunes and any podcasting uh, app that you have. Um, we it's will link to it as well. Hour. Please do. A half hour... Uh, uh, Super funny comedy podcast that just happens to be gay. Isn't the, and the person that you interview is or you, that you do it with? Oh, I do it with my uh, my um, my co-host is a drag queen, a Silver Lake icon, Tony Soto, um, and we occasionally have guests, but really it's just thirty minutes, so we are just like powering through conversations about uh, life and current events. Excellent. Yeah, it's great. Check, Check that, that out. out, please do. And we will see you back here next week. Yeah, we have. Um, we're going to be at LA Podfest. Oh, that's right. Yes, we still don't have the exact day, but um, at some point that weekend, we will be doing our show at LA Podfest. We are yet to confirm times, days, or guests, but they will all be superb. Yes. So check those out. Um, look out for Jim Jeffrey's show is going to be starting again this Tuesday. So we're the next batch of ten episodes starting this Tuesday. A couple of the words in there were written by me. Nice work. Other words written by other people. Have a little watch. Any any more Brad Pitt appearances? Can you uh, give us a... Oh, you mean Weatherman? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I say Brad Pitt? I'm, I'm sorry. The a Weatherman. The good-looking yeah, good looking Weatherman. Uh, the, the, the surprisingly good-looking... Yeah. The, the Weatherman who, when he walks onto the set... <laughs> Had a surprise. There really was like a. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's been Yeah, Weatherman is a remarkably handsome gentleman. Like a, a surprisingly good film. looking man. He could be in film. He really if could. He, he should he be in Hollywood. He I'm should be in showbiz. Man. Yeah. And uh, uh, maybe. Okay, Nothing, maybe. That's, that's good enough. I can, that's I can neither I... confirm nor deny this is Weatherman or other guests. But um, oh, and also the, um, I'm going to be on a couple of episodes of Star Talk that are coming up. Did you already record those? I recorded those last night. Oh, nice. Wow. And they were a lot of fun. Excellent. Go check those Including out. Including one of them with friend of the show, Jan Eleven. Awesome. Oh. That's great. I'll and go to Black Hole Expert and Cosmologist. One of the best. One of the best. Um, I was thinking whether I should plug. I still haven't put it up yet. One of these days, TJ and I will get that... Uh, Twinsies podcast. I've listened to the first two episodes. It's good. I Thank like you. It. We just I really to, enjoyed it. We just got to get a logo, and we'll get it actually listed on iTunes. Get but the in the RSS meantime, feed, you can go to but, your um, SoundCloud, right? And that's true. If you just visit Andy T. Wood on SoundCloud, you can hear the first two episodes of Twinsies, where we talk about uh, when Hollywood has the same idea twice. You know, your Deep Impact Armageddon's that kind of that's thing. That's a great idea. Yep, TJ and I have talked about... Um, so there's the Gremlins and Ghoulies episode. And Ants and a Bug's Life, which is a really interesting one. That's so true. <laughs> there's so, so true. much of that, yeah. I feel like this is the longest outro our episode has Sharknado ever had. Sharknado right. okay, yes. and <laughs> Dolphinado. <laughs> Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Yeah. This was great. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. In the meantime, take care. See you around. Follow us online. Send us emails. Send us... Uh, probably signs at gmail.com tweet us at probably signs we love you bye bye bye